One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Telegraph, the Telegraph. Podcasts. If I said to you, I can't do this, Bryony, or, oh, I can't meet up when we said we were going to, I know it's a given there would be no resentment because of your knowledge about mental health. You would be like, this is cool, but I know there are some people in my life where the reaction, I couldn't necessarily predict what it would be, Mm. and that still scares me. My guest today is one of my closest friends, so this feels a little bit like I've just recorded a catch-up. And I kind of hope that's what it sounds like to listen to, too. She's been on our TV screens for what feels like forever. She's hosted Top of the Pops, Children's TV, and all sorts in between. But now, she, like me, spends her time trying to amplify the public conversation around mental health with her fantastic Happy Place podcast. Please welcome the fabulous Fern Cotton. And just a warning, there's a little bit of colourful language in this episode. I am thrilled to have a a returnee to Mad World. It's Fern Cotton. Oh, lucky, lucky me. How are you, my love? I'm I'm supposed to be asking you that question. I know, sorry, God, I've ruined your whole gimmick. (laughs) Bloody hell. It's not a gimmick, Fern. Sorry, I've I've ruined your structure. It's a really heartfelt device to open up deep, meaningful conversation. We always have deep, meaningful conversation. We do. I'm okay. I'm, do you know what? I'm not going to lie because I don't want guests to make something up. I feel like absolute crap today. Okay, hit me with the reasons. What's going on? I sort of am exhausted constantly. I'm yep. having night sweats and wow. I think I'm going through perimenopause. Well, you could be. We're the same age. That's feasible. <sighs> Yeah, and I just don't have energy. Or, you know, like I've done all the Googling, is it perimenopause or it's long COVID or it's diabetes or it's something worse? Maybe it's all it's, of it. Or it's just pandemic stress. Yeah, and my and my therapist just said to me, I think you're depressed, Bryony. And I was like, oh. Not again. We don't want this not. again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> God. It's just endless. This life is just weird, isn't it? We live in a weird... Well, we live in a mad world. We do, though, at the moment. It's too much. We're not meant to be able to deal with all this craziness. You know, no wonder we've you've got night sweats and none of us are sleeping well and all that. <laughs> well, we do live in a mad world, but here I am with you, Fern, and I'm in my happy place. Oh, we're so good together. Uh, How are you really, Fern? Um, Yeah, I won't lie either because I don't like lying and also this is not the space for fibs. I'm 
average, I think. I'm trying to really root in with a bit of gratitude for the basics today, that the sky is blue <laughs> and it's sunny, but I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed and, you know, for good reasons, because I'm very lucky that I really like my job and there's a lot of stuff going on. But also juggling that and then the kids breaking up on Friday for break is making me feel a bit breathless because I also want to be, you know, a decent parent and do some fun stuff with them. And, you know, and we have just had them off for three months. <laughs> it's just so much to contend with. And I just think life's really overwhelming at the moment. And like most people out there, you know, I've got friends in my life who are struggling in varying degrees and we're all trying to help each other out and it just feels very heavy I think and everything's so divisive at the moment you're either in this camp or that camp or doing this or that and it's just everything's got really like loud and noisy and I'm just trying to find a bit of peace in it so yeah I feel kind of overwhelmed by all of it. Do you know what it's really interesting because we obviously have this conversation over text sort of every week about mm. overwhelm and and I was thinking you're right the divisiveness and the noisiness and the anger there's a lot of anger out there yeah. and a lot of it is entirely justified you know I, I had to delete my Twitter last week because I couldn't it was making me angry you know like, no I know it's it's been a, it's so long you know we've endured so much collectively and you know we're all trying our best to sort of get through it and help those around us that are having a rough time but the divisive element I find really hard and without wanting to sound you know I think this is the problem anything that I might say could anger someone but I'm going to say it anyway Good. without wanting to be like you know burying my head in the sand I do often just sit and look out the window and go that tree doesn't know about all this rubbish going on those birds have no clue about all these people down here going, like arguing. My cats, no clue. They don't care. They're sleeping. They're so chilled out. They couldn't give a shit. And I think that just helps me go, right, this is all man-made chaos. It exists. But the whole divisiveness and everyone arguing about everything, all of that's man-made. Every single, every argument, every point of view, they're not aware. Like those creatures and that other life, it, None of that is aware of what's going on. And that just grounds me and go. And I just go, right, back to basics. Am I feeling okay in this moment? Are my family with me? Yes. Are they safe? Cool. They're good. That's enough for me at the moment. And I'm just going to lie low for now because that suits me. I don't want to get into any big disagreements. I don't want to get into any big discussions. I don't have the energy for it. I want to conserve my energy for hopefully being a positive figure in all of this noise where I can be, but also just to be there for people that I really care about and I want to be able to properly help. Because our kids have endured so much, you know, they're so confused, like, what the hell's going on? Mm. They're at school, they're not at school, they're at school, they're off school again. It's just, you know, we've got to just go back to basics at the moment. When I first interviewed you for Mad World... It was 2018 and we didn't know each other very well at all. I feel like I've really got to know you since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the intervening three years, like, and I remember on that podcast, which people can go back and listen to, we were talking a lot about panic attacks and anxiety and worrying endlessly about, about everything. And your latest book, Speak Your Truth, you talk a lot about that and you've just sort of referred to it then, like worrying that you, you, you spent your whole career, you know, having to say absolutely the right thing and worrying that you might, you didn't want to offend someone. 
And I just think what you've done with your career is fantastic. Like you are such a positive fucking beacon. Sorry, I don't know why. I didn't need to, I didn't need to throw a swear word in there. But I, just <laughs> I liked it. It had some punch. I'm cool but, with it. Like, no, but there you are. You're, you've been in television since you were like three years old or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> Quite, Approx- yeah. It feels like that. Approximately. Yeah. Incredibly successful by the time you're like 17, 18, 19. I don't, but it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just as a casual observer, as someone who who knows you a little bit you've chosen this very different route from the sort of like kids television presenter who grows up and then perhaps goes into like daytime tv or do you know what i mean like you've gone down this really fascinating healing <laughs> Sorry, that sounds you know you've got like happy place the podcast right then we've got happy place the festival which i guess will happen again when yeah we've we just had a meeting about all that now we've got something in the mix for this year but then you've also got Happy Place, the book publisher. Yeah, we're publishing books, which is very exciting. And then you've got your Instagram where you've got like 3 million followers and every week you're doing these amazing Instagram lives with fantastic people. You're doing breath work. You're doing all sorts of stuff I don't really understand or get to go to. Do you know what I mean? Like you're introducing this stuff to like a huge audience who might not, without sounding patronising. No, you don't at all. Like might not ordinarily have access to that kind of stuff and you're speaking to people who are cult sort of spiritual (laughs) figures yeah and I just think was that was any of this planned I suppose something like this you can't really plan not at all I mean it's all it's all been a a sort of an accident but it's also all been a reaction to me working out what I like and don't like and also reacting to what's happened in my own life so you know I think I had that whole amazing showbiz dream come true thing as a young teenager and it really was really fun and exciting and all of the things you think it might be when I was really young and then in my 20s I guess I kind of got caught quite up with trying to be somebody or be a success or be on the biggest tv shows and you don't ever really know why but you're on that supposed ascent to something and then I just kind of thought I don't know if this is all feeling that good anymore and also personally I was going through stuff that was the main catalyst you know I had a a huge patch where I felt utterly bleak and also I don't know if I'm very good at that stuff like I think I can I can do it but there's people that are way better at presenting tv shows than me that will care a lot more about the subject matters talked about that will be more entertaining I don't really ever see myself as someone that's entertaining but I love love interviewing people and I love learning about new things and I love writing so I've just sort of gone with all the stuff that makes me feel better and I felt highly disposable Mm. throughout most of my tv career because I was you know I've been sacked from loads of tv shows and replaced like tons of times I mean, you don't really get told why either. You're just, you see it on the TV and you're not there anymore sort of thing. And I'm not made of the stuff that can deal with that. I'm not thick skinned at all. I'm like highly sensitive and I like to communicate. So I like to know why am I not on that? Why have you sacked me? Please explain to me. And people don't in TV. So I'm so much happier doing something with a team of people that I adore, that I know have the same drive and we're on the same page of what we want to achieve with Happy Place and making it, you know, a really sort of multifaceted brand now that has all these different sort of arms to it. And I am not disposable because I'm building something and that feels highly creative every day. And I think I was really missing that 
creative nod before. I was just being hired and then doing a job. So I feel insanely lucky that a really bad patch personally led to me... I had no other choice, quite frankly. You know, I needed to do something new. And I'm lucky that I'm very determined and that I've got a lot of energy so I can do a lot of things at the same time. So I was able to distract myself from mentally how awful I felt and try something, you know, very slowly. It wasn't like all of a sudden I had this thing called Happy Place. You know, it took quite a while for it to even be a thing. But I really feel grateful that I'm doing what I do today. Really interesting listening to you there and talking about how you felt too sensitive for it and you didn't have the, the thick skin. And I, I think this is a really interesting thing to explore because increasingly people, well, people have always wanted fame, success, whatever. But like... What is fame? What is it? Well, yeah. What I mean, it? like, well, also because there are people that are hugely famous on Instagram and they could walk past them on the street. I wouldn't have Same, a clue. I wouldn't know him. I know. <laughs> no clue. But, but what is it? Like, what is... Fa- like, what does it bring you? Like, if you're successful wonderful you've Mm. clearly got a skill naturally or you've worked hard and you are now renowned for that if the fame comes with it because you've created something or you've honed a skill and people recognize that that's a beautiful thing because you can share that with other people you can teach people or you can just enjoy doing it but being famous Mm. god I would hate to just have that element pinned to me because guess what that's the bit that I actually really have difficulty with because I'm not sat there going, oh, my God, look at all these people telling me I'm amazing. No, I'm going, oh, my God, there was this person who said that and this person slagged me off there. Like, you only look at the bad bits and they're the bits that are really, like, punchy and impactful. That's all fame is. People saying stuff about you. Mm. There is no other element to it. Like, there's just not. If you're the sort of person that wants to go and blag yourself into a party or blag a handbag, wicked, knock yourself out. I'm not in that camp. I don't, that just doesn't interest me. So if you want all that, fine there's nothing wrong with it but that's not for me the other element of it is people just having a go at you Mm -hmm. full stop success is another thing that's a beautiful thing I watched that Caroline Flack documentary last week, but also I've been sort of watching all the stuff with Harry and Meghan, for example. Mm. And, you know, and I just, yeah, you would, you have to have the hide of a fucking rhino. And also I have to say, when you said, if you want to go to be invited to all the parties and stuff. No, thanks. Hate parties. Fern and I refuse to go to do anything after what, 5pm? Oh, I can't bear it. It, (laughs) Even if someone says, I mean, outside of pandemic life, oh, do you want to go for dinner? I'm booking it for eight. Eight? <gasps> eight o'clock? What? So I'm going to probably eat a half eight, get home by ten. Absolutely not. Not interested. No. No thanks. What is your perfect sort of social... Because like, I think I think a lot of this pandemic is my social sweet spot. It's like going for a walk with someone, Same. getting a cup of tea. Heaven. Heaven. I, I am not on June or whatever the date is rushing out to go to a a discotheque I'll be doing the same shit I've done for the last 12 months I'm going to be watching Netflix and reading books in bed by half nine I'm really happy doing it I've just realised that I don't feel I'm missing out on anything I don't have FOMO at all I love being on my own I love reading books I like being with my family I love going for walks with people I'm good I'm really good. I'm lucky I live with other people. If you know, I've got friends that live on their own and my brother lives on his own and that's you know, that's tough because he's bloody lonely and probably gets quite bored. But I am really happy not going out. Just doesn't interest me. How do you tune out? Because like and you said something really beautiful there, which is fame is just people telling you what they think of you, basically. Yeah. How do you, as a sensitive soul, because I always try and like 
say that quote, like what other people think of you is none of your business. And I really, I say it again and again because I need to listen to it because I find it so hard. Like I still care so much about what people think of me. And I listen to the one negative comment and ignore the like, million not millions like the trillions of other comments i get the (laughs) infinite number of like amazing compliments i get no you know what i mean but you do you do get loads and i think you know i don't know if you can to say that one can completely ignore them is perhaps unrealistic because it's human nature to focus on the negative we all kind of know that and if you are in a public position you just get that you know magnified times whatever and it's not great but I have sort of partaken in little experiments over the years. And if you, like, say someone's put something really negative and personal that isn't warranted, you know, because I'm cool. If someone's just got a different opinion to me, mm. please, you know, say your bit. Like, I, this is what I can't bear, that, you know, you're not allowed to have an opinion about anything anymore. Like, unless you're part of the one narrative that's either mainly being talked about or whatever that, that you can't be listened to because that that's not healthy for anybody. I think there's always got to be space for other people to go, oh, well, I'd like to question this or talk about that. That's cool. If people want to question a guest on the podcast or what I've asked them or whatever, I'm up for looking into that. But if it is just, you know, you're this, you're that, I don't like you because you have a big nose or whatever, something stupid. Usually, if you message that person privately and say, hi, look, I just want to like understand what it is that's upset you. Every time that person will send a message back saying, I am mortified. I am so sorry. I was having the worst day. I don't know why I just did that. Like I've had this happen on numerous occasions where I've sent not an aggressive message, but it's like, hey, I just want to understand why. Like, because I'd written this piece on mental health once and a girl had put underneath yawn, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. I'd like to kind of understand what that is because, you know, maybe I am talking about this one subject too much. And I messaged her and she was mortified. And I said, please don't carry this on any further. You don't need to feel mortified or anything. I just wanted to understand it. And I do now. And I send you loads of love and I wish you well. We're all having a shit time. We're all trying our best. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just think, I don't even know if it's most of the time, probably all of the time, if the comment is unreasonable it's because the other person's having a bloody shit day and you're an easy target because you know you've got a platform and you're talking to lots of people and they might be envious or they might just feel like they don't have a voice you know that's valid so I would rather understand that person rather than be really upset about it or go who what the hell do they know I'd rather like try and understand it And usually there's not much to understand apart from they're having a shit day. I always think when people tell me to stop talking about mental health so much, it's boring. I'm like, oh, you're so lucky that this subject bores you. I know. (laughs) I know. I wish it bored me. I wish I had the space in my head to be bored by it as opposed to enraged by the lack of provision or the lack of understanding out there. But yes, you are right. It, It almost always says more about the person making the comment than it does about you. Yeah, well, probably because if it was about mental health, that person might have a relative who's going through something that feels really heavy or maybe they had it in the past and can't look at that era of their life anymore. It's usually more because they don't want to hear it rather than it being boring, I think. That would be my take on it. Mm -hmm. So again, I just think there's always layers to it. There's more going on. And I just think everybody's trying their best. Everybody's got stuff going on. Even the shiny people we see out there who we think look like they've just like, like Dua Lipa, 
you know, oh my God, she's amazing. She's at the Grammy. She's looking gorgeous. I'm sat there in an old tracksuit covered in hummus and my kids are screaming at me. She might have all sorts of stuff going on. I don't know. You can't make assumptions about people. You should get her on the podcast and ask. I'd love her on the podcast. I'd absolutely love her to come on. I think she's relatively busy, but I would love to have her on. (laughs) But this is it. I think it's really interesting. And actually, you know what? That just made me think. I um, I was so lucky the other day. I interviewed someone I've been desperate to interview for so long, the author Jedediah Jenkins, who I'm completely and utterly obsessed with. And he talks about, with shiny people, asking them, tell me about the shadow. Like, tell me about... Tell me about the bad bit, because it can't, it's not all good. Nothing's all good. You know, everybody that we see in positions of power or success or whatever, there's either a really hard graph, dark story behind it, or there's been one patch that's hard, or there's something really challenging now with the duality of success and everyday life or something. You just can't make assumptions about anybody. Everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's trying their best. Everybody who's leaving shitty comments on Instagram, they're trying their best. They've got stuff going on. I just think... We can't take it that seriously. I think that grounding thing of looking out and going, the tree has no idea what's trending on Twitter. And the birds are like, what's coronavirus? My cat does not know who Dua Lipa is. And my cat is smart. I feel sad for your cat, though, because she's like that song. All of those songs. (laughs) My daughter, you know, (laughs) she loves Dua Lipa. And she's like... (laughs) (laughs) Edie's going to be like, oh my God, mum, please stop. That's you and Leaper, isn't it? Or Queen, one or the other. (laughs) That sounded remarkably like Queen. Oh dear. (laughs) That did sound like another one bites the dust. No, but there's the other one that's just, I'm my falling. Anyway, I'm going to stop now because I guess the point is I want people to listen to this podcast and not switch it off in troves. (laughs) Let's talk about Speak Your Truth. Okay. It came out in January, so that's quite a while ago. But it's your, what is it, your fifth book? It's my fourth sort of, like, big book. Because I've done, like, and then you've got kids', the kids ones, books. yeah, and a couple of cookbooks. But, you know, these are the meaty ones. So, yeah, it's the fourth one. Can we talk about, I mean, you've, you've spoken about this before, but talking about having to go to to the doctors because your voice is gone, basically, and finding cysts on it and... um realizing that you'd sort of kept so much down in your body and I I think one of the fantastic things is really realizing reading the book is how much your mental health affects your physical health yeah and how little we listen to that you know we are so weird that we think it's two separate things like it's all in our body it's all talking to it's all connected and yeah even greater than that you know like I like to think that I'm a spiritual person and I'm connected to something that is other than just me walking around as a human because that to me seems too depressing to think otherwise and to assume that you wouldn't manifest some physical things not all physical things because I know things are hereditary and you know other things are just inexplicable but a lot of the time we are causing huge amounts of stress and this isn't just like some hippie thing you can look at the science behind it and how cells react to huge levels of cortisol when we're stressed whatever and that it changes how our cells work and what they look like like we know that that that's the truth there's loads of people that cross that 
science spiritual divide like mm. Deepak Chopra or Dr. Joe Dispenza. There's lots of people who have that really broad look at it all. But yeah, you know, I I just my voice kept going and I, I just couldn't work out what the hell was happening and I kept trying to like have voice rest or I would, you know, take more vitamins or whatever. And it just wasn't, it was like months and months. And then it actually stopped me from working because it sounded so awfully. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't like a nice husk. It was like horrendous, like gravelly, gritty voice to listen to. So I went and saw an actual throat specialist who put a camera down my nose and there was a huge cyst on my vocal cords. They just weren't shutting. There's just like loads of air going through this gap. So, um... I didn't feel particularly panicked or worried. You know, I just kind of thought, this is so curious. Like, why has this ended up there? This must be because there's all these trapped words there. Like, I know I'm not saying some of the stuff I want to say. And and it's not just, you know, publicly. This is to people that I love and people I have relationships with that I find it really mm. hard to say usually what I need because I um, there's lots of reasons. One of them is... I have been so independent since I was a kid because I was working with adults from the age of 15. But also I've been more recently looking into the world of Enneagrams. Have you checked this out? No. Oh, you're going to love this. Oh my God, I'm so excited for you. So you do, it's a really esoteric sort of like old, I think it's Sufi, beautiful look at personality types in a spiritual framework. So it work. It, it basically, I mean, I'm being massively reductive. If you ever had an Enneagram expert, they would probably correct all of this. But essentially, the numbers go from one to nine. And whatever personality type you you turn out to be from doing this online sort of questionnaire, you can read about your personality type and the things that are stopping you from connecting with whatever you want to call it, spirit, a higher power, energy, or what's hindering you in that deep connection and meaning that we want out of life. So I came out as an Enneagram 2, which is the helper. And I know this is what I'm like. I want to help everybody all the time until I'm utterly exhausted and then I get resentful. Uh And I'm like, why am I now helping you out? I'm the one that decided to help them. They didn't ask me to. Hmm. So the other side of the coin is I don't know how to say I need help or please can someone lighten my load. I'm like awful at it. And when people have offered me help, I've always gone, nope, nope. This is all getting trapped here because it's a lie and it's not energetically what I need. So in my eyes, I created this ball of tension in my throat. And, you know, that led me on this whole wonderful exploration into the subject of just being a bit more honest mm, with people. Because you talk about those those little things. I found reading it, I was thinking, oh, my God. Like, I always think of dishonesty as, like, telling lies, like, deceiving people, right? Mm. And I reading the book, it reminded me of, I had this moment when I got sober, which is that dishonesty is actually a lot of time you're deceiving yourself. Oh, yeah. And it's sort of saying, it's saying yes to things that you actually, like, I'll find myself, someone will go, oh, can we do a Zoom tomorrow at whatever time? And I'll be like, yeah, knowing full well, I've got to go and pick my daughter out from school or something like that. And I go, what, what, actually, no, I can't do that. But it's that weird thing of like, what, I want to please people Same. so much that I will say yes to things that I shouldn't. And so dishonesty, and it can also be like that question at the beginning, how are you really? Because I can totally undermine myself. And I don't, and I think we're very similar and be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And actually, ah, Fern has held up a rock that is painted 
Hashtag boundaries. Guess who got me that? Who did? Donna Lancaster. Ah! Do you want to see the other side? Yes. This sits on my work desk all day, every day. Fuck right off. (laughs) Donna is amazing. Donna's been on um, Mad World. I went on her retreat. And I'm so jealous. I just... uh, her um, and also her documentary that she made loved which is on prime which is about the bridge i just found it incredible I cried my eyes out it's so beautiful yeah she does grief work i went on the retreat a couple of years ago and it was you don't have to have lost someone it's all about life grief sort of shedding layers oh my god and i was so cynical when i turned up and when i left i was like oh, I feel she's amazing reborn. she's taught me a lot about boundaries because i am awful at them and it's one of the reasons i had to write speak your truth because I've been so unboundaried throughout my life because I want to help people. I want to do everything for people and make sure I'm doing my best for everybody. And then often I'll let people get too in my life or take too much from me without me saying they can't. So it's not their fault. But if people are more willing to be like, oh, yeah, I will have all of that energy or things or money or whatever it is. And then I get to the point where I go oh my God, you've screwed me over. I can't actually believe this. And I don't want to do that anymore. I would rather have, if it's new people in my life or existing relationships, to have a dialogue that's more honest. And is, you know, this is what I can do for you. But actually, I can't give you any, like, especially at the moment, I'm being not the friend that I would normally want to be because the kids have been home for three months, work's really busy and I'm doing stuff that I really believe in and that I really love and I'm also married so I want to have a decent relationship with Jesse so my friendships I can't give people much at the moment because I am full like I literally have nothing more to give and if I do I know I will tip into resentment or just I will be broken physically so I'm having to be quite honest and just say to people you know I can't really do much right now or meet up or even chat because I'm writing a new book and I'm juggling all these other projects and I'm trying to keep my kids from dealing with all the stuff that we're dealing with. I can't give people any more than that. And I'm trying to get comfortable doing that. Mm, It's really hard, isn't it? Oh, so hard. But you know what? You're one of the people that I know I could do it with and Donna because we understand that there's difficulty in it. Mm. I know that if I said to you, I can't do this, Bryony, or oh, I can't meet up when we said we were going to. I know it's a given. There would be no resentment or anything. You would you would have an understanding. And also because of your knowledge about mental health, you would be like, this is cool. But I know there are some people in my life where the reaction, I, I couldn't necessarily predict what it would be. Mm. And that still scares me. But you still have to do it. Yeah, it's listening to yourself. And this may, I guess, I guess if people are listening to this podcast, they're probably on board with a lot of this spiritual stuff anyway. So, and if they're not, like... Fine, I don't mind. You know, that's just my personal way of looking at life. Do you find, though, as well, that the, the more happy, the, the better you get, the more well you get, the less cynical you are? I don't think I'm cynical at all, really. And I don't know if I ever have been. I think I... I like being really open-minded because I'm a curious person that I want to hear everybody's point of view. I want to understand it. I might not agree with all of it, but I certainly like hearing it and working out where I fit into it and what I could learn from it. So I am pretty open-minded and I think I always have been. Like my, 
my mum has always been massively into spirituality and I mean it's her favourite subject to talk about and I think it's been one of her greatest coping mechanisms because she's dipped in and out of depression and anxiety over the years and you know still deals with it today and spirituality you know before I even had any understanding of either of those concepts mental health or spirituality it was part of my life because we were you know listening to meditation tapes instead of story tapes at night and she'd talk to me about angels or spirits or whatever like we we've always had really sort of out there conversations so I've never really been cynical about anything like that because also I get like I I've kind I'm writing a new book at the moment and it touches on this stuff and I'm welcoming along team cynical for the ride without any judgment whether they like the stuff I'm talking about or not my only point is we don't know anything we just don't. Mm. We don't know anything. We don't know what happens when we die. We do not know. We don't know. So to be as brash to say, I don't believe in this, that can't be true. Or like, you know, if people don't want to sort of look at how energy affects us and the energy around us, well, look at the moon moves the sea, for God's sake. Mm. That's just energy. Like, I just think we don't know anything. We can't understand the concept of infinity and we don't know what's out there. We're just little people walking around on a planet. What do we know? Like, that's why I'm open-minded to everything because we don't know. It's true. I feel like, because I think as a trained journalist, I'm always so cynical and I have found myself becoming less and less and less and less and less. And also that thing of, uh, of you know, the better I get mentally, but also that thing of, as you say, like, isn't there a joy in like getting to your, your 39? Yeah. Now 40, getting to 40 and being like, oh my God, I know nothing. I have so much more to find out about and I hope I'm able to. Yeah, because like we had to pretend we knew everything in our 20s to prove that we deserve to be where we were or to find our place in it. And I think you get to a point in life at whatever age where you go, oh, I'm quite happy knowing nothing because then guess Mm. what? You're going to listen more. You're going to have a bigger capacity to understand lots of different people who have lots of different concepts about life to talk about. I don't want to be narrow-minded and think that it's my way or the highway. I want to listen and try and learn as much as I can. And like you say, it's empowering to go, I'm 40 this year. What do I know? What do I know? You know, and none of my work's particularly didactic or, you know, instructive. It's just sort of looking at stuff and looking at life and then opening up the discussion for other people to have similar can you tell me any more about this new book? You know, when you sort of don't know if you're going to get in trouble. I don't, no, don't, know. Man, don't. I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't know, but I'm writing it at the moment. I'm writing it at the moment and it will be out next year at some point. But because we're going through a pandemic, it's like way slower than I would like. Because <laughs> my kids are here all the time. Um, and tell me, and so you're going to be 40... In September. What are you going to do? So, like, I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. Well, exactly. So. I feel like it'd be foolish to plan anything. I'm definitely not having a party because I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Like if I was able to sort of go and stay with a few mates by the sea somewhere that would be a joy but like who knows what's going to happen like you say tomorrow so I'm just sort of if it ends up being me and a few mates in the garden wicked I'm happy with that I'll come around if you want well that would be an absolute joy <laughs> you're like no Franny not you you'd um, be 100% on the in the top 10 list I do miss you I, I, miss I do you. want to see you I I, I feel like it's, oh, I love talking to you. I love just chatting and opening my mind to lots of new things. And also with someone who kind of gets it and someone who 
is open. Because we're willing to like have a dig around in our painful bits, you know. I think I like chatting about that stuff with other people that are willing to have a look at life and themselves and see the flaws and that we're fallible and that we're willing to make mistakes again in the future and to kind of move to one side of the expectations and perfectionism and just poke about and see what's there, you know, like that's what I'm interested in. Also, I think you're a very kind of open house, get people round, do some cooking, have a cup of coffee, have a tea, the kids are all running around together, you know, and it's that kind of stuff that has been really hard to do, obviously, because we're not allowed in each other's houses. No, I've missed it so much. And I think the other thing that I've really missed, actually, talking about where the spiritual meets the science, I'm reading a book by someone called Gabor Mate. I don't know if you've read his. He's an amazing addiction specialist. He is a doctor for chronic addicts in Vancouver who can't get sober or clean, you know, who just, they've had so much trauma. And, um... He talks about how we criminalise and we punish people for the pain they've experienced. So there is not a drug addict alive who has had a hickory dickory lovely life and who hasn't, do you know what I mean? And he talks about children who, when we're babies, when we're really little, eye contact with our parents, all of that, and them being attuned to us. We develop dopamine receptors in our brain as a result of that. And lots of studies have found that addicts and alcoholics don't have as many dopamine receptors as non-addicts and alcoholics. And often, it, you know, it doesn't have to be because of neglect or abuse, but for whatever reason, their parents, maybe at the time the mother was depressed or he talks so much about those connections, those brain synapses and how important it is that they are formed properly in childhood. But I was then reading it and I was thinking that... Yesterday, I bumped into a friend of ours, Martha. Oh, I love Martha. And I felt like afterwards, I felt high as a kite. I felt alive. We've been laughing. We've been chatting. And I realised that that's what our brains for the last year have sort of lacked. Is that sort of those those endorphins, dopamine rushes from connecting with people. We're missing a lot. We're missing out. And we've sort of just gone, oh, that's just how it is. But it's like, we are meant to be with other humans. We're meant Mm. to be connecting with other people and oh god I just think there's just such fallout from the restrictions and what we're still in now and god it's just the biggest shame. Fern I always remember at the beginning of the first lockdown a year ago you texted me and said can I have your address Bryony and a day two days later a little card came in the post and you said I'm sending my friends cards to let them know that I love them and I'm thinking of them and it's still <laughs> on my kitchen board downstairs oh, I need to a- send you an anniversary card of it being a year <laughs> since I sent the last one <laughs> fucking hell no I think it's really nice to do stuff like that you know I've sent people little treats throughout because we can't connect so I still want to show that even though I might not have time to be, you know, like on the phone for ages or check in every day that you're in my heart. Yeah, you are literally in my heart and I'm thinking of you. And I love doing stuff like that. Makes me feel good. Oh, this has made me feel good. It's been so nice. Thank you so much. Before you go, please follow Mad World on your podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode if you feel like it leave us a rating and a review i love to read what you think about the shows and also see your guest suggestions 
Mad World is all about helping our listeners, and I love hearing from you. The Telegraph also let me loose in column form. So if you'd like to hear even more from me, head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash madworld and you can get your first 30 days access to the website completely free. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116123. Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 0300-123-3393. That's 0300-123-3393. They're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. There's also Young Minds who provide support if you're a parent or a carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808 802 5544. That's 0808 802 5544. If you prefer tech support, Shout is a 24-7 UK crisis tech service available for times when people feel they need immediate support. By texting Shout to 85258, you will be put in touch with a trained crisis volunteer who will chat to you via text. And importantly, please remember this. You are not alone. Like, I literally look like I've been dragged. The, the, the problem with the podcast now as well is that people can see you and I'm like... I like you. Oh. You look um, beachy, I think, today. That's very good. You do. Your hair's you. all, like, I... sea salty. <laughs> or is that your night sweat, Sarah? <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 